Howdy everybody, welcome back to Judging Nerd Culture. I'm Jess. And I'm Ollie. Uh, how are you doing today? I wasn't talking to you, Ollie. I was talking to our listeners. How are you guys doing today? Also, Ollie, how are you doing today? You are cruel. <laughs> <laughs> and you cause me physical pain. Uh, I'm very happy I married you. Uh, that's not a joke. I am very yeah, happy I married you. You, uh, <laughs> what do they call it? Not a narcissist. You... Freak. <laughs> Who likes at, pain. The word you're looking for is masochist. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's been a stressful week for me. Um, I mean, honestly, yeah. It's been a bit of a time. Uh, bundle of people and I are starting a bunch of little projects. Yeah. Getting some uh, actual play podcasts got started up. For so, uh, One is a D&D podcast that will be up on YouTube and... Another one we're going to be starting principal recording, if you yes, will. Yes, and you are currently a part of another uh, live stream uh, tabletop game Yeah, uh, on Wednesdays. I am indeed. It's an Animorphs actual play. Uh, on Twitch? On Twitch, Wednesday nights uh, at 9 <laughs> Eastern time. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, you it's want fun. to tell people how to find it? Uh, no, because I don't remember the username of the person, but it will be in the description below. Oh, Lord. You've been doing it for, like, three or four weeks now. It's, like, Valorant or something like that, but that sounds like a video game, I think. I don't know. It's yeah. Val something, and I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just sorry. bad with names. Hey, you know, it's been a long, stressful week for the both of us, and our brains are wiped. But yeah. you know something interesting I learned? What was that? What'd you learn this week? That, uh, ostriches are polygamous. Polygamous. <laughs> are you talking? No. no. <laughs> That's not what you meant. Varying numbers of females are recorded as forming the harem of a single male, but this may be the result of differences in the availability of females rather than racial differences. Huh. Ostriches are, are cool. poly. Nice. Good for them. Still uh, very. So That's uh, a funnel tidbit I learned this week. Yeah. Still a little too uh, on the patriarchy for me. But I get it. It's fair. And you know what? Representation matters. I also learned um, Struthianiformis is the world's largest living bird, and it lays eggs six inches long and five inches wide. I can do um, that. You can do that? I can do that. All right. Well, I'll be expecting it tonight. <laughs> uh, viewers, I hope you're you're excited. Uh, Jess has bought herself a fancy bird book and... <laughs> Bird facts will be a plenty. Uh, I mean, we can make it a thing if you want. We can make it a thing. I can give a bird fact each episode if you really want that. Baby, I will take bird facts with Jess any day. <laughs> uh, I never knew ostriches were poly. Yeah, That's yeah. fun. Look <laughs> at them. Progressive birds. So progressive. Uh, in other news, things I heard this week, mm -hmm. uh, the... German pentathlon. Uh, We're just using really big words this episode. <laughs> We're trying really hard to come off as smart. No, but pentathlon is not that big of a word. It's just hard to say. <laughs> but yeah, the German pentathlon, pentathlon <laughs> uh, coach in uh, in the Olympics uh, was disqualified and permanently re removed from the the games for this for this. Uh, go of it, for punching a horse. Oh my god. I didn't read the rest of the article. I didn't care to. I just know... You don't need to know anything else. <laughs> you do That horse must have been talking smack. <laughs> that must have been a trash-talking horse. Uh, nay, um, I disagree. I, I did hear Simone Biles, America's uh, golden child in gymnastics, lost. Oh. She got... Not first. <laughs> oh yeah, because that's. Um, I think China or Japan. Oh god, I'm. I don't remember who it was. It was an Asian country that beat her. Yeah, well, a I mean, small, a small little bean won instead of Simone Biles, and then everybody made a big deal of it because I think it was like mental health 
thing? I don't know. I don't know. Look, she's won a yeah. dozen times in the past. There are little, literal moves named after her. <laughs> yes. So, um, like, I think she's fine. She could take a year of, I don't want to win this one. <laughs> yeah. I think U.S. won uh, volleyball, I think. Um, I, I'm not a big Olympics person. The people I work for are, so sometimes I get tidbits. Um, I don't, I just don't see the point of the Olympics. Well, originally it was to pro- provide a way for people, for countries to kind of have like a, like a, let's come together and not yeah. kill each other, but that never worked out. Plus no, the countries because, that... Because now it's like, I'm better than you and we're going to prove it sort of thing. Yeah, it's definitely twisted, but whatever. Yeah. Politics. Uh, I would, if I wasn't an athlete, like a A-plus athlete, I don't think I'd ever want to go to the Olympics. I'd be terrified. Because, like, well, one, you're on TV, and you can't mess up, or you look like a fool. And then, secondly, a lot of kind of dangerous things happen at the Olympics. Like, there's weird political, um, cultural things that happen, and, like, Olympics have been bombed before. They've been, like... Yeah, no. people have been killed before. Like it's just—it's a huge thing. It's one of—it's one of the largest events that happens all the time in the world. Uh, yeah, that's the thing that happened. Uh, on a lighter note, you know, lady gets kicked out for punching a horse. It was a lady. Yeah, she she. Uh, oh my goodness. She's the coach for the Germans, apparently, and why'd she get? They should have been like, no, you're buff, you're strong, <laughs> you stay. I don't know, but she she got in trouble for it. Did they did they talk to the horse? Maybe. What did the horse have to say? Again, did I, the did I, the horse lie? That stupid slut. I don't know. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I'm just victim <laughs> blaming the horse. Uh, uh, don't punch horses. Don't do that, really. But it's just. I mean, go ahead and do it. They're not gonna care. The horse, <laughs> they'll kill you. <laughs> what the fuck are you gonna do to a horse? Are gonna punch it? It'll stomp on your skull. But uh. But I don't know. I didn't read the article. I just read the headline and just enough to know who punched what. And uh, yeah, I didn't care anymore after I heard what she did, and <laughs> that's all I cared about. But other news, uh, interesting but potentially very awful news. Uh, Apple apparently exp- uh, put out a little public notice that they're trying to put together a program that's automatically install like a part of their phones a, a system in their in their upcoming phones that will automatically scan your phone for uh inappropriate pictures of minors essentially okay okay and then report that to the authorities mm-hmm. and on one hand that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I can see what they're trying to do. On the other hand, even half a step to the left, and that's a horrifying invasion of privacy. Yeah. Like also, all these teens out here are gonna be sending each other nudies. Like constant. Like we gonna put all the teenagers in the world in jail. It, the, the largest provider of uh, underage uh, pornography is sixteen-year-old uh- <laughs> kids fucking <laughs> sexting each other. Yeah. So like, that's not gonna be great. Like. Oh, boy. Like, I again, I, I am super down for if someone has some child porno to put them behind bars. But I, I don't think this is it. I don't think this is the way forward. No, it's not. Uh, but yeah, if you have an iPhone, uh, this almost certainly won't happen <laughs> because you, people are going <laughs> to... If you have an iPhone, don't be a pedophile. <laughs> well, yeah, don't be a pedophile ever. <laughs> uh, but just keep in mind that at any time in the near future, if uh, if they don't immediately back down from this horrifyingly bad idea, uh, Apple might just have access to your photos to, like, a terrifying degree at any point in time. It's very creepy. Yeah, because even a slight change in the algorithm or whatever of this, uh, of this AI that they're <laughs> using, uh, you can look for any pictures you mm-hmm. want. Like, oh, did this person... Hey, Mabel. Oh, that hurt. My love of my life. At any point, they could just change it slightly so that, whoops, now we're looking for people who are doing recreational drugs and we're going to leak that to whoever. Now we're looking for information about politicians and paying someone 
That's going to get dirty fast. It's going to get so dirty so fast. Also, if they have that accessibility through their phones, anyone who's able to uh, hack into bullshit will be able to get that information too. Because they do all the time. People's information leaks constantly from all sorts of cloud services. And if this... And if this has that sort of potential access, it's just bad. It's not going to end well. And I respect the uh, intent, but uh, you, there's an, there's another way. <laughs> yeah. Every, every day I get closer and closer to, like, just wanting to go into the mountains, build myself a rickety shack, and live there forever off berries and fish. I mean, I respect it. I, uh, I'd have to learn to eat fish, but I could get behind that in concept. <laughs> <sighs> All right, enough of that, but we've been talking for like 12 minutes. <laughs> so what are we actually talking about today, my love? Today we are talking about Suicide Squad. Quick synopsis of what happened in the movie. Uh, the Suicide Squad is gathered together again, like mm-hmm. it has many a times. Yes. Uh, we get... Uh, a nice glimpse at uh, a new team, uh, still led by Harley and what's his name, Rick Flag. Yes. And it's a, the, you get a fun, action-packed intro that ends in a lot of death and destruction. And from there on, uh, the the movie takes a back and forth, time hoppy sort of uh, view of what's going on approach to the movie. And it's 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 disconnected, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Where each time that it does this, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. This, this is also happening. This is all that, yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, and the general plot is that there are multiple teams entering this this uh, this country that's under some sort of uh, revolutionary turmoil uh, called, what was it, like Porta Martis or something? Uh, Cordo, what Cor- was Court? Corto Martis? Cordo I was. I don't think it was Maltese. No, uh, maybe that's just an actual place that sounded similar. I don't remember. Anyways, uh, they head into into this country that's having the this turmoil uh, to try and infiltrate and get back some sort of uh, and uh, terribly powerful weapon item. Who knows what? Hey, they keep it very hush hush for at least a good chunk of the movie. Yeah, and. You realize there's multiple teams do, doing this infiltration, and uh, the B team did not have a great entrance, unfortunately. No. But that's all right. We had another another teammate, another uh, set of team members going in. Real hush hush. Everything goes well for them, and uh, the rest of the movie is just them infiltrating this country, uh, getting to the facility that is housing this horrifying weapon, and uh, tearing shit up with some gratuitous violence, some wonderful. Uh, action shots of people's heads and bodies being mutilated by men, shark, and exploding bullets, and who knows what else. Mm-hmm. And uh, along the way, though, the characters have a, a wonderful, uh, you know, string of of emotional moments that is genuinely took me a surprise. Like, yeah. uh, we'll talk about this later, but there's a couple characters like uh, Rat King Two, Catcher, Rat Catcher Two. Who's just, I mean, she's the one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that is the the general gist of the movie. Uh, <laughs> obviously ends in a, in a lovely action spectacle, like always. Uh, James Gunn is a wonderful director and is uh, exceptional at making these little uh, group get-together and fuck-shit-up sort of movies. Yes. Uh, Suicide Squad and uh, both of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies are little ensemble team-ups. Uh, they're very good, and he's, he did a wonderful job again. Uh, the general like feel of the movie was very comic booky, which obviously makes sense as a comic movie. But what I mean by that is that it never took anything too seriously uh, at any point. It's just like ah, we're in the next chapter of this story, and they put up like a name, like right now we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And even though there are plenty of uh, pretty intense moments, it's never like, ah, we need to we need to slow down and, you know, think about the ramifications of entering this country and killing a bunch of people. It's just like, ah, uh, they're the Suicide Squad. They're actual villains. This guy eats children. And it's just, 
just fucking do it. Yeah, stupid weasel guy. Stupid fucking weasel man. So that that's the that's the movie. It is one hundred percent worth a watch. Oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna watch it again on HBO because I can and I yeah, like it. Um, it is on HBO, but I do recommend highly to go see it in theaters to well one support your local theater. Yeah, and, they're not doing great. Uh, also. Just to see that action on the big screen, because it's pretty dope. Hell yeah. Uh, but that being said, that was the least amount of spoilers we can possibly give you. I know, I thought that was really good. Thank you, baby. I tried real hard, because I uh, didn't write anything ahead of time this time, and <laughs> I was just going off the dome, so I was figuring it out as I went. Uh, that being said, we have entered Spoiler Zone. So let's talk about the shit we really liked. Yes, let's get into it. <laughs> All right, so I don't want to the entire time compare this one to the to the Suicide Squad from a few years ago. Yes, which is is this is not a number two. It's not a sequel. This is a just a reboot. Ah, uh, sort right? of. I I don't. It it's somewhere in the middle. Because where... it, it has the same exact title. No, actually, the first one is Suicide Squad. This one is The Suicide Squad. Oh, yes. Right. Uh, but that being said, there, it's it's not exactly a sequel in that they never really bring up anything that happened in the first one. It, 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 nothing that happened matters. They don't bring up anything. They don't... Uh, you don't need to have watched it to get any, the, the point across. Uh, the only thing that you get from number one that implies is, is, is continuing the, the same story. It's just that the characters who were in the first one still have some sort of relationship with one another. Yeah. Rick Flagg, Boomerang, Captain Boomerang, and Harley Quinn all, all, are all closer than the rest of the Suicide Squad members. They're more buddy-buddy. They're more, hey, I I'm so happy to see you. We're going to do this again. Yay, yeah. whatever. Uh, Implying that the first movie did happen, but no one, no one cares enough to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is probably best because, yeah. like, then they didn't have to do the whole "what is a Suicide Squad." They're just like, "eh, you're part of the Suicide Squad. Do what I say, you're gonna, ex you're gonna die, and if you do it right, you, you get out of prison." Yeah, like they spent no time explaining the premise, which is, I think, the right choice. I enjoyed it. I, I don't know like anything about the actual comics. Um, so everything I know is from you, Ollie, or from the movies. Um, and so I didn't know who a lot of these, uh, characters were. Obviously we know who Harley is and Flag was in the last one. Um, I was familiar with King Shark, uh, Big Shark Boy. Um, and I think that was, I think that was all. Oh, no, I was, I'm familiar with Bloodsport. But I didn't know who Ratcatcher was, yeah. and I didn't know there was a number one or a number two. <laughs> um, but I do like Ratcatcher was probably my favorite um, because she was sleepy. She controlled rats, and uh, her pet rat had a little backpack. And honestly, <laughs> that's all. That's all I needed was a rat with a little backpack. Um, <laughs> Uh, you mentioned it before, uh, but on paper, uh, she's just our friend Jenica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Ratcatcher was really cool. And um, I was a little disappointed that the way she could control the rats was through this weird light-up microphone wandy thing. I was hoping that it was just like a a weird ability where she could just can can uh communicate with the rats but uh, this, does, this does make more sense i guess yeah plus it had more of a connection with uh <clears throat> the character's father yeah which ended up being honestly pretty emotional uh and i think a pretty successful backstory yeah because uh if there was any point in the movie where i was like oh it was, uh, like, kind of sweepy. Not weepy, but, like, kind of sad for the characters, I guess. It was her backstory where she's like, Ah, oh, yeah, my dad loved me very much and was a very smart man, but he was horribly addicted to drugs. And we lived in the sewers and slept underneath a blanket of rats to keep warm and all this stuff. 
And that wasn't the sad part. The sad part was just when she was reminiscing about the good times with her dad and just like loving of a father he was, but still clearly was doing an awful job. He clearly needed help. <laughs> no, yeah. And there was this beautiful moment where he's talking to her and she's asking like, why did you pick rats? Why are they the creature you wanted to control? And it's just like, I mean, these are worthless things that people hate. And if they have a purpose, I think that's a good sign for all of us. And I was like, that's so fucking sweet. Yeah. And then he gives his ability of like essentially hope in some weird way to his daughter. That's that's very sweet. Yeah. Idris Elba as Bloodsport is fantastic, I think. He did a great job. He's amazing. Oh, well, I mean, it is Idris Elba. He is pretty great just by himself. Yeah, if if uh, the Hobbs and Shaw movie uh, teaches us anything, is that even in a shitty movie, Idris Elba does a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, he he I, he was real fun as as a Bloodsport and everything, but. And I will talk about this character separately in a moment, but the only the Bloodsport was best when he was hanging out with Peacemaker. Because, yeah. <laughs> because they had this amazing chemistry, this I'm gonna be better than you, you dumb fuck. Yeah. <laughs> this competitive, angsty back and forth the entire time, and it was so good. Yeah, like if if events hadn't unrolled like they had um, Peacemaker and Bloodsport would have been weirdly, like, really good friends. Yeah, not, like, happy to see your friends, but, like, whenever they get together, whenever they see each other, they decide to do something outlandish to be like, All right, who's better this time? <laughs> who's improved? And, uh, that'd be fun. I'd watch that. Yeah, like a, like a relationship that, um, <clears throat> is competitive, but, like, in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they are psychopaths. <clears throat> moderately healthy. Yeah. Um, John Cena plays Peacemaker, and yes. it was, it's, it's so perfect. I don't know why, but every time he came on screen, it was just something about him that made Ollie and I just laugh. I don't know what it is about John Cena, or maybe it's just his character, but it's just every time we saw him in his tidy whities or in his full uniform, it didn't matter. It was just something about the way baby John Cena holds himself, and it just was brilliant it really was also he's full tidy whities in this at one point he's got a donger he's got a donger (laughs) just strapped i hate this so much (laughs) i hate it but anyways uh, sorry about that uh no i think i i want to you're, you're right. That was the thing. Every time he walked in to any scene, I was starting to, like, giggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because there's... Obviously, John Cena is not much of anything like his character. He's not a crazy, crazy, weird American man. But something about him does look very much like... Get me a, a Bud Light. Let's, let's barbecue in the back. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe in America. I think it doesn't help that he started out WWE... Uh, world wrestling entertainment. So, <clears throat> you know, and his his whole persona on that, his character was, you know, m- the Marine. Like, he was the the army boy, the patriotic, like, America first sort of vibe. Um, and he was in, like, movies. When he started, started out making movies, his first two were about, you know, him being a Marine or uh, in the army of some way somehow and when he when he got out of that and started playing other parts it just kind of stuck a little yeah mr mr america yeah cookie cutter yeah boy scout kind of guy yeah um i did read an article about him um he they were interviewing him and he john cena said that he uh, i can't give you a source i have no idea so you know (laughs) to take this however you want but he he did an interview and he explained that uh, when he first started out in the movie business, he was awful. Like, he, he was really not good to work with and he picked poorly uh, scripts that he would be a part of. <laughs> so, like, yeah. he knows he knows that his, his movies in the beginning were not good. Yeah, no, he did not have... Uh... 
he, he did not have a, a selective eye. No. <laughs> it, uh, it seemed more like, oh, you want me to be in your movie? Yeah, I'll be in your movie. Yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck not? He, he mentioned that when he was in Trainwreck with Amy Schumer, that was uh, the moment he realized he could be weird and, like, funny and not have to be, like, I don't know. Mr. Action Man. Yeah, Mr. Action Man. And so he started <clears throat> picking movies that were just more fun to do. And I'm so glad he did that. Because Peacemaker is fabulous. Fucking great. And, like, un- unquestionably uh, the least likable character. But Yes. I, I don't think he means it in a bad way, even though it definitely comes off really gross. <laughs> of course, yeah. But it's just, like, oh, God. Everything about him is just, like, so mm, difficult. But yeah, so funny. Because he mentioned, you know, he would, <laughs> he would, <laughs> he would kill man, woman, and child if it meant, if it meant acquiring peace. And it's like, well, that's not very peaceful, peacemaker. Yeah. He's he's a real dumb dumb. Yeah. But uh, but hey, he's willing to suck a whole dick, a uh, whole beach of dicks to bring peace to America. Yeah. Which he one hundred percent said in the movie. <laughs> that is what he said. <laughs> <laughs> suck a whole ah. beachful. And, uh, yeah, not to rush ahead or anything, but, uh, he, you know, all of them are following, um, what's her name? Amanda Waller. I always want to just call her Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Earth. <laughs> they are, they're, you know, following her orders and he thinks it's, you know, peaceful. Like, if, if, if the news about their missions gets out to the actual American public, it will cause, um... Many folks to be disgruntled and uh, maybe even riot and all this stuff. So, like, he wants to keep it on the down low, keep it hush-hush so nobody knows. Like, he he is trying to, like, keep things peaceful, but to an extent where it's, like... Gross. Like, sometimes things need to get a little stirred around. Yeah. The best <clears throat> you gotta way to, stir the pot sometimes. The best way to make America great is to fucking destroy it and start over. Sometimes, <laughs> like yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I feel like we need to do that right now. Um, uh, yeah, because but... right now we're just building on a. You know, never mind. Yeah, never let's mind. not get into that. <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to hear about America anymore. God, <laughs> no. nobody wants to hear about America anymore. <laughs> not even us. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's is very good. I also love the fact that, like. He has a bomb in his head because that's just the M.O. of Amanda Waller and the Suicide Squad. But you know he would not need one. If he just came up and was like, hey, do you want to kill some people for your country? He would jump on it. He oh, yeah. 100% did. Yes. Which is strange to me that he became a supervillain and not just, just a, like a, I don't know, top paid colonel in the military or something. <laughs> well... Usually the top eight colonels try to pretend that they didn't murder children. That's true. And he's just like... <laughs> I will, and I have. Yeah. Oh, uh, man, it's such a good movie. And, you know, obviously Margot Robbie is a Harley. She yeah. will be Harley for the rest of her life. There is no... It's just like Robert Downey Jr. He is Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of things in the the medias lately who that are like... Um, there was a review on it that was like... You know, anybody could have played Iron Man. And that's not true. That is, that is in fact, not true. Tom Cruise almost played uh, Iron Man. And can you imagine that weasel playing <laughs> Iron Man? I cannot imagine him playing Iron Man. It just... T- uh, Robert Downey Jr. is hot. One, is a fox. And two, uh, the best at being Iron Man. He just is Iron Man. He is Tony Stark. There, There is... So, Harley... Margot, same person. Mm-hmm. She is Harley Quinn. Yeah, there there is a a a select number of actors who embody a role so well that 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 is a part of them, and it's not in like a like a crazy Jared Leto uh, <laughs> Joker way. Like it's not like in a weird, gross way. It's just like they are the character. They don't just become the character to you know act better. Mm-hmm. It just it, fits. Yeah, because it's like 
they have an effect on the character when they portray that character mm-hmm. in a way that reverberates. Like uh, Harley Quinn came from came from the Batman animated series, but she was so goddamn good and obviously <laughs> great character uh, that they were like, no, yeah, let's add her to the comics. That's a fucking good one. Yeah, and. With Margot Robbie's character, as she has portrayed her, more of the things that her character has done has come into the comics as well and into other animated mm-hmm. formats because she did such an amazing portrayal that they're like, yeah, this this version of her <laughs> is more accurate. Yeah. Same with Tony Stark. He, he made... Uh, it's, it's Tony Stark. Same with <laughs> yeah, I know, oh, no. right? It's because he's the same person. Exactly. It's like their personalities are so melded together. That it's hard to see them as anything else, mm-hmm. and which is him like, more so than others. Too. Yeah, which is like sometimes a bad thing because like oh, when they play other movies, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But unless they play a similar character, he was a pretty okay Sherlock Holmes because you know big yeah, douchebag. He was a real great sexy Sherlock Holmes. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, as the as the kids say these days, simp hard for Robert Downey Jr. Um, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, it's just, it's wild, like, Deadpool, uh, Ryan Reynolds, um, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, uh, Captain America, (laughs) honestly. Mm -hmm. No, Marvel, I think, more than than any other studio has done this really well, and I think that just has to do with the fact that some of them have been playing the same character for so long, Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of the ones that definitely did it the best, Captain America, Tony Stark... Uh, Thor, because the character in the movies, they changed him to be more... Like Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, they're like, yeah, make him more goofy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, there! Which is <laughs> so good. A great reference in Loki as well. Um, so, is there any... I know we're getting a lot of subject, but is there any other um, actor or character that you think just mesh so well together? They are the same person so again this is another comic book one i don't think they all have to be comic books it's just you know it just happens that way <laughs> it's just one it just shows that i like so but in the umbrella academy uh-huh um yes, yes. robert sheehan oh my god he, i love him so much he did such a <laughs> <laughs> i don't know when, when i i'm so sorry i want you to know that when i go back through and edit this and i hear that in my soul i'm gonna <laughs> i'm so get sorry up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you had to know. You had to know. I'm gonna kick your ass. <laughs> you are awful. No, he um Robert Sheehan is a great class. He really does also embody uh him as well. Um He also plays in a European show on BBC. No, it's not BBC, it's four Channel 4, I think? 4 kids. Um, Anyway, that's not the point. We're in America. Nobody knows what that channel is here. Um, So, it's a really great TV series, and he plays a character named Nathan, who was basically just Klaus, but hornier? No. Klaus, equally horny, but just less competent. I guess. At pretty much everything. But um, Nathan can also see the dead. Um, In in, uh, some occasions. Uh, we're not talking about misfits right now, or I will get way off subject. Um, <laughs> but yes, I, I agree, Robert Sheehan. He did, a, he did a really good job just filling that character with his stank. Yeah, with <laughs> <laughs> his stank. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of other people that aren't from comic books, but it's just like I'm thinking of Wolverine now, and it's just <laughs> no. Wolverine was the first. It was the first character. Hugh Jackman actor- is. Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> like, they're coming out with another Wolverine movie that you mentioned that were the, the actor. Eastwood's kid. Yeah. And, like, don't be wrong, it'll probably be a good movie. The, people have, at this point, moderately understood the, the formula that creates a good comic book movie. It'll probably be okay. It's not gonna be right. It's gonna feel wrong no matter what, because we have a Wolverine. We know who Wolverine is. And to see someone else do that portrayal, it's gonna be wild. Holy crap, sorry, I just realized Clint Eastwood has so many children. Bro. Anyway, sorry, Scott. His name is Scott Eastwood. Scott Bakula. Good God in heaven. But yeah, he's going to play the new Wolverine. 
I'm extremely excited to see Scott Bakula play uh, Wolverine. Bakula. Scott Bakula. You never, you never seen Scott Bakula? I have not. <laughs> Scout, uh, Scout, Scout, Scout Chocula. Scout Chocula. Scout Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I also don't like the way yeah, this guy a, looks. Uh, not Scott. Not not Scout Chocula. Um, <laughs> Scott Eastwood. Eastwood. Kid, Scott Eastwood. Um, let's be fair. Clint Eastwood is really fracking weird, um, and not in a good way. Like Nicolas Cage. Okay, he's it's it's. It's weird. Um, I don't know anything about Scott Eastwood, his uh, his a child, um, except for he's been in a few movies and I think is pretty average. Um, he reminds me of Army Hammer in a certain way, which, I mean, talk about tasty toes. Um, Scott Bakula. Oh, he's a, Scott Bakula is a real person. I thought you were making a joke. No, <laughs> I just like his name. <laughs> Oh, brother. No, I had no idea who that was. Um, uh, I don't even know what his character is. I, like I, don't, I have no idea. He looks familiar. He's an NCIS. I, oh. I don't know. I watched a lot of NCIS when I was younger. You should My grandma freaking loved NCIS. Listen. And SVU and Ghost Whisper. The Alphabet Soup cop procedural shows. Yeah. Could I, th- I think they are just one universe? Like they are, all of they them. are. They've had crossovers before. God, that's so. They've had crossovers between like NCIS and and Los Angeles or something, and like NCIS like Louisiana or some freaking other thing. I don't know. You know what would be? Great? There's also the C- CSIs. Yeah, you know what would be amazing though if they had one of those cro- crossover with like crossover with something like uh, like Psych. That would be really fun. Or, <laughs> or how about this one? Psych and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I mean, those, those mesh. Those are those right. Mesh. In or my mind, they are in the same Brooklyn universe. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, CSI Miami. I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> Specifically Miami. <laughs> yes, because I feel like uh, Andy Samberg would be perfect for the, the sunglass, sunglasses jokes thing. Wow! Nothing, you know? Uh, the, if the, you haven't seen CSI Miami, you have no idea what I'm talking about. You have no idea how badly I want to see... Just a weird tone meshed CSI Miami uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine mashup where every time they turn the camera to a character from a different show, just the tone and the writing and everything shifts so drastically. Just CSI Miami and the tone of Brooklyn Nine Nine. And then Brooklyn Nine Nine and the tone of CSI Miami. Yes. It would be horrifying. (laughs) It would be so scary. I'm sure Andy Samberg and the rest of them are great at being serious, but it would just... Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's episodes of Broken Line 9 that are genuinely like, oh, damn. Yeah. All right, enough of that. We're talking about the suicide squad. The The other characters are all quite enjoyable, to be honest. Uh, King Shark is probably the one that's least the, developed throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, but that's just because... I mean, they had to give Sylvester Stallone something to do that was within his range. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not a lot. Yeah. I mean, after Rambo in Rocky, um, he should have just stopped. Um, He he did receive many injury, uh, many an an injury uh, filming Rocky. Um, I believe it. That's partly why he is the way he is. Um, because he actually boxed, um, and it, it hurt, <laughs> I, I especially bet. once he started getting old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, King Shark was—I I did love him very much. I was very sweet, <laughs> very cute. Um, I think so. You told me there's, you know, obviously different versions of different characters all the time because of different writers and comics. Mm. Um, so there is a version of. A king shark that is pretty normal guy, pretty sentient, pretty uh, mature man, just in a shark body, yes. who bones Constantine. And God, I don't like to think about that. Um, but this version of him in the <laughs> Suicide Squad is a very uh, dumb. Yeah. Very simple. And it may be almost like childlike. In that they they only really do what they need or like want in in their in in a in a way like 
I'm hungry. I want to eat. Yeah. I'm going to go eat something. And that's usually a person. And that's fine. He's a shark. Yeah, it happens. He's a shark. It's not his fault he has legs and lungs. But uh, but he's very much just like, this is a thing that I think and feel right now. I'm going to go act on it. Very yeah. very childlike, immediate gratification sort of thing. And that's that's a, I think that's a good way to play, a good way to go with the character. Because like, it can give you sympathy for them in that... People treat him like a monster, even though he's just, he is just a shark doing shark things. Yeah. And, like, that is horrifying when on land, but what you gonna do? Yeah, like, if they would have given him more of a, um, just a man trapped in a shark body sort of deal, he w- it would have just come off as, like, I don't know, just another villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this gives him more character, I think. I agree. Uh, also, his interaction with, uh, honestly, all of them have wonderful interactions with what is clearly the the heart of the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rat girl. Catcher. Rat catcher. I always forget the second, second part of that name. Uh, the rat catcher, too. Because she's just, she's, she's just such a button. Yeah. Like, just she's a like sweet. She's like a 22-year-old sweet girl who just wants to sleep and have her rat friends. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, King Shark 100% tries to eat her early on, and she's like, and she wakes up, she's like, hey, it's okay, you want to be friends? Yeah. And then they move on. And she's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally, very competent. Extremely. For a child basically raised by a drug addict and rats, did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in terms of emotional intelligence, he even gets uh, uh, Idris Alba and uh, John Cena to like her, even though that doesn't, you know, really go anywhere for her. Yeah. But uh, it's it's a very it's a very good job, uh, and we didn't really talk about Polka Dot Man. We didn't. Uh, he honestly, the heart and soul of that team. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with a uh, Rat Catcher too, <laughs> but he's definitely uh, a, a vital organ. He's the pancreas of the team. <laughs> uh, it just he's very good. He's so so good. The actor portrayed uncomfortable. So well. <laughs> you know how, or like, five seconds ago, when we talked about actors who just are their character? That's what it felt like. Uh, <laughs> he just is Polka Dot Man. He took- Depressed. <laughs> he wants to unalive himself, as the kids say these days. Um, <laughs> he is, <laughs> joined the Suicide Squad because it said suicide in the name. Like, he... <laughs> he was in. He's in. He was in from the word suicide. Anyway. But yeah, he's... He, like, I, I've known of Polka Dot Man because he's always one of those one of those villains that get brought up in, haha, can you believe these ridiculous villains exist? And yes, I can. There's another one called Condiment Man. Like, what the fuck do you want? Condom Man. <laughs> Condiment Man. Huh. Sorry, no, no. Condiment King. Nerds, don't come at me. Condiment King, I know that. Nerds, <laughs> nerds you like your condiments, don't come at me. <laughs> Catch up, nerds. No. Uh, but yeah, like, it's just what comics do. They, they get weird uh so he's one of those that always get brought up in in discussions of like weird and kooky villains yeah and i know a little bit about his character enough that i'm like yeah nothing about him is interesting except for the stuff that's in this movie yeah so like to take a a worth like a genuinely worthless character and turn him around and make them like like i rooted for this man i was hopeful for Polka Dot Man. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good fucking job. That's a good script and a good directing. Polka Dot Man is such a sweet boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that's all of the characters that really matter. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Rick Flagg and Harley are there. They're doing the thing that we're doing last that last movie, except they're doing it better because it's a better director. Yeah. Like, uh, Harley gets captured, and you immediately know she will kill... The entire battalion and get out alive. Um, and she does. <laughs> she does. Yeah, and she's she, she is in uh, this hole, kept prisoner, and she just yells at them, I will murder you all. Yeah, and then, <laughs> you know, she ends up um, being courted by the Presidente. And uh, it works for a while, but then she just shoots him. Mm-hmm. Like, Which- straight up, right in front of him, shoots him. And she's like, hmm. You know, I've learned that when a man starts showing me red flags and that he's a bad person, 
I just gotta, I just gotta kill him. Just gotta murder him. <laughs> Not, you know, break up. I, I gotta murder him. Well, I mean, again, she mentioned it herself with, uh, with her, uh, history. It's probably for the best. It's probably bettering the world. Yeah. She did say the men that she likes, they don't go away easily. They stay around and they hurt people. So mm. might as well just pop it like off right now. Uh, but I, the, that scene was, I think, a really impressive mm-hmm. because Harley Quinn's always been cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs kind of, kind of gal. Like that's, that's her character's gimmick, right? But it always, like the, not always, but oftentimes, depending on the, depending on the writing and whatnot, comes off as very, look at me, I'm quirky. Yeah. Like if, if you don't have a good writer, it come off very lame. Yeah. But this scene was one of those scenes where it reminds you, no, she's genuinely insane in that she does not make logical leaps. Yeah. She does not go from point A to point B. She goes to point A to point Q and then to point one. Yeah. Like she, she's, oh, she, she makes these connections that are wild and unfathomable. And this is one of them. This man is, this man I fell in love with him within a within a few hours because why not? Yeah, and he was nice to me and had pretty birds. And a big old dong, apparently. Big old dong. Uh, and then, oh no, he said something. He, said, a, he said he was going to kill kids. Okay. Immediate switch. Immediate transition. There's no temporary, there's no processing. It's just boop, boop, done. Yeah. And that was impressive where I'm like, oh no, she's, she's, she's crazy in the best way. And very few scenes with Harley make me feel like, m- remind me that she's crazy. Yeah. They just make me feel like, they're just oftentimes come off as supposed to be kind of quirky. So I was, I was genuinely impressed. Yeah. Uh, she also has one of the best slash worst scenes in the whole movie. Uh, right, so just, just a quick, just a quick rundown, uh, of the ending, I guess. So here's the final warning. If you don't want to, if you don't want to get spoiled for the final boss, but here we go. Three, two, one. It's Starro. Starro the Conqueror. Big, big starfish in space with an eye that controls people's brains with tiny little starfish babies. Yes, yeah, it's, it's basically alien. Yeah, it's, it's a face sucker. Uh, but Starro is a kaiju because that's just who, that's just what his character can do. And they have to fight this thing and it's from a person who's genuinely grossed out and terrified by little, uh, ocean creatures... A horrific, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just horrifying to He's look at. It's not that bad. It's just when he excretes his babies, then it's yucky because it's lo- slimy. Everything looks slimy. It's so he gross. Look, starfish do not look slimy. They look scaly and bumpy and hard. I mean, yes, but when his little tentacles... Co- Anyways, that's not the point of this. The point is there's a final ending scene, essentially, where she just jumps javelin first into his giant eyeball and floats there as she's surrounded by rats rats who and are eye crawling goo. into his eye yeah visceral <laughs> and they start eating you know everything around they get inside into his, this starfish yeah they get into his giant blood vessels and just start going in and it is genuinely disgusting and disturbing because it looks so fleshy and so butthole-esque. So And these wet. rats are crawling inside of it. And it's just not a visual I ever wanted. Yeah, but now we have it. And so do you. And so do you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's the... Because, it, like, there, there's there's this... That, that, that scene where she's just floating there being surrounded by all this stuff. There's a beautiful menagerie of colors. The, she's inside this alien creature and it is bright and vivid and wild. And... To some extent, weirdly beautiful. Like it's just floating there, gravityless, experiencing this whole thing, and disgusting at the same time. Yeah. And I think that was one of my one of my favorite. Like, this is cool scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, though, the other in terms of like cinema, cinematography and what, whatever bullshit, is when Rick Flag is fighting with uh, spoiler once again Peacemaker. He he's a dickhead. Yeah. And they're fighting, and you see a chunk of the fight being 
filmed through the reflection of Peacemaker's shiny, shiny chrome head. That's laying His on helmet. the yeah. helmet. That's laying <laughs> on the ground. And it's it's a very cool shot. I was just like, I was just a very big fan of it. It looked cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool. Instead of just like you know showing the fight as it happens, they did it in a very creative and interesting way, a really mm-hmm. new way that was I don't know made the scene better. You know, it made it that much more interesting and impactful. Hell yeah, uh, man! That, that's all I got. Any favorite particular favorite scenes from you? Anything with uh, Polka Dot, <laughs> Polka Dot Boy. Um, I also did like the very beginning scene where they jump off the um, carrier that they are flying in <laughs> yeah, the helicopter uh, into the water to get to the island, you know, to, to do their flippant mission. And at this point, they have a, what a is team this? member named Weasel, yeah. who really just is a human-sized weasel. Um, really disturbing and freaky. I uh, was interested to see what other things this creature would get up to. But he jumps off the, you know, the carrier into the water with everybody else and cannot swim. <laughs> and, you know, they're radioing each other like, hey, did anybody check to see if Weasel, the weasel could swim? <laughs> and everybody at, you know, home base, you know, uh, Viola Davis and all of her lackeys are like, uh, whoops. <laughs> we don't think the weasel can swim. And then he dies. So, supposedly. Yeah. Um, That is the funniest opening scene I probably have seen in a while. And it doesn't sound like it would be that funny, but it was hilarious. Oh, it was the... That was great. And just, honestly, that whole... The whole intro was a great start to the movie. Uh, And anytime Harley has, like, a action montage is great. Oh, yeah. That's that's true. It's just phenomenal. I didn't. I never expected uh, Margot Robbie to be like so good at these big action spectacle fight scenes because mm-hmm. they are they are impressive. Like they were, there was a lot of choreography involved, mm-hmm. and obviously there was stunt doubles most likely. But there was a lot of scenes that were very close. Very, they were just her. Very yeah, yeah very inner face. Very good job. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, when she first came out as an actress, she was in like dramas right like she was in wolf of wall street or something mm-hmm. with leonardo dicaprio and she was a good actress but she was you know she was a female love interest i'm pretty sure um and now she's an action star yeah now she just movies. is harley quinn <laughs> which is awesome for her yeah no that she's, she's gonna have roles for a long time she's gonna have seen movies for a while and it's not a boring role it's a role where she gets to like fight and dress in cool outfits and be fun and creative and be with a bunch of people who are also, you know, crazy and ha- just having fun. Oh, yeah. Harley Quinn is a wonderful character to be portraying because I feel like in any two movies, she might be drastically different mm-hmm. and still be in style. Like, it'll still be very much a, a proper representation of her. Yes. Uh, like the one in the in the first Suicide Squad and this one are two drastically different characters at this point, but they still feel like they're a part of the same one. Mm-hmm. Like they they may have shifted, they may have changed a little bit, but it just feels very natural. Yeah. So all in all, you don't need to go see the first Suicide Squad at all. You don't you don't have to do that to yourself. Um, but this one, the twenty twenty one Suicide Squad is. Chef's kiss, very good. Phenomenal. Uh, James Gunn killed it, and you should all go watch. Uh, Our neighbors are leaving right now, so there might be some rumbling in the background. Which means we should probably get out of here. They know we think it's a great movie. Yeah. I think you guys are wonderful, you big stonkin' nerds. Have a wonderful week. I thought you were going to call them binches. You big binches. Have a wonderful week. We love you. Bye.